Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining. If you can hear some strange noise in the background, it's one of three things. It's the crazy wind outside. It's the rain on the windows, or it's my daughter screaming because she's home from school today. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. We had the uh, the bad weather over here last night, so ah. I guess it's probably all made its way over to Germany now. Making its way east, exactly. Love it. My daughter's home because she went to school today and she took a positive corona test. So they sent her home. And then she went to the chemist and it was negative, but she can't go back to the school because by the time she could go back, they were already swimming. So what are you going to do anyway? That's how it is at the moment. <sighs> it is, it is. Anyway, usually at this point, I'd say to the person, would you like to introduce yourself and tell the world who you are? However, I'm not sure. I mean, you, you could talk about your blog, which is probably the most famous blog out there. It's been going since like 1937 or something. I'm not sure. Um, 25,000 posts or whatever it was. It's a, it's a big old blog you've got going on there, mate. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's the most popular one in the world, but it's probably the one that's been going on the longest. You know, yeah, I think. Maybe. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. So, um, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, and I can't even remember how many posts there are now, like over a thousand, maybe yeah. probably. 1,200 or so, but um, yes, it's a long running one. So yeah, I'm Chris Webb. I work at Microsoft on the Power BI customer advisory team. Um, I've been around in the Microsoft BI community for, for over 20 years, started off with analysis services, then went on to Power Pivot, Power Query, now Power BI, and uh, now I'm uh, working inside the sausage factory. Um, <laughs> Very nice. So how often do you still use Power Pivot? Just uh, Power Pivot, sorry, I should say. How often do I use Power Pivot? Um, not all that often. Um, it's, I think it's fair to say it's it, it's not had much love recently. Mm. Um, but I can I can absolutely promise you it's not been forgotten about. Okay. Um, Interesting. I do use Power Query in Excel all the time. Okay. Um, I mean, I find if I was doing just straight Power Query stuff, like you know, somebody sends me a you know a CSV file and I want to do some stuff on it, I much yeah. prefer doing that in Excel rather than in Power BI Desktop. Okay, probably because Excel is fast to open and I just like seeing the results in the the, the kind of the the Excel grid rather than um, yeah. having to build a you know, table visual in Power BI and then zoom in a lot. Well, I mean, the first the first part is much the same, right? Doing it in Power Query, and that just depends on where you want where you want to see when you, I can just do this stuff faster in Power BI. That's the only reason I would choose Power BI. The actual the, the, the data transformation and sorting um, is, is is much the same. My boss would do everything in, in in Excel if he could. My boss would do absolutely everything in um, Power Pivot because he loves himself a bit of Power Power Pivot, which I will always <laughs> mark him for. Yeah, that's good, good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't really ever an Excel person. Seriously, I mean, I learned. The bits of Excel that were necessary for analysis services, mm. so that's why I, I know cube functions and pivot tables and things like that. Um, and then, obviously, as soon as Power Pivot came along and Power Query came along, I learned those things. Mm. So I kind of got into, that, you know, loving my Excel that way. Um, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know how to do a V lookup unless I looked it up. Um, <laughs> although at least nowadays, I know I know enough to say that an X lookup is a, is I suspect the better way of doing it. Never understood um, XLOOKUP. Actually, I was speaking to Oz Dusseley a few months ago, and I promised him that I would actually do an XLOOKUP just uh, in respect to him, but I still haven't done it yet. Um, VLOOKUP, XLOOKUP, I'm not sure what the crack is there. I'll get into it. I'll have a look. I think XLOOKUP is the next. It's, it's, it's the kind of universal, much better one than VLOOKUP oh. and HLOOKUP. 
Um, but you know, I, I played around with dynamic arrays as well. I mean, I okay. love dynamic arrays. It's nice that um, it's nice that Excel has got a bit of uh, you know, it's got a bit of buzz around it. It has like um, it has. The, the new uh, well, the new advanced Lambda editor that came out last week. That's, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Nice. That's very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's it's catching up a little bit. In that regard, in user interface, I mean, Excel is always going to be awesome, right? But uh, in, yeah. in, in interface, it's quite nice. I was watching you. Um, I forget which. I forget you do so many live streams and presentations. I forget which yeah, one it was you were doing. You're the, you're the, you're the seasoned pro. But there was one you would. Um, you were doing something with MDX, and you were just typing in MDX, and it was. I mean, my MDX is shockingly bad. I mean, it basically doesn't exist, but it's shockingly bad. And I was watching, and I was thinking, did Chris? Did he, you know, does he dabble in the dark arts? Is there some kind of witchcraft that he uses to get so good at MDX? Is that true? Are these, I mean, I, I'll start well, these rumors. It, is the rumor true? It was, it was years and years of practice. Although I have to say, it's been, it's been some time since I've written some MDX. I mean, I, I've been doing a couple of, um, I've been doing a kind of Excel Power BI demo. Um, that mm. I recorded um, the same demo or some demos for that for Power BI Summit, which will be mm. coming up in a couple of weeks. Cool. Um, and there's a little bit of MDX in there. I think it'll be, okay. you know, I, I, it'll never leave me, but it's been a while since I've written any okay, kind of good MDX. I think it's, um, I'm not as good as I used to be. <laughs> I'm sure what you considered not as good as it used to be would, would still be a me. I watch and be like, yeah, that's definitely witchcraft. So, but basically what you're saying is it was, just, it was hard work and effort. There's no shortcuts because that's very unfortunate. I, I love some hard Absolutely. work. Yeah. Okay. Practice every day. Fair enough. Sir. Regular practice. That's the key to anything. That's, that's very true. That's very true. Um, on that note, if there was anything, any knowledge that you could get loaded into your brain, like matrix style, what would it be? It doesn't have to be data related, by the way. It could be anything. I'm just curious what would that be because mm -hmm. I've always wanted that. I mean, stuff I'd like to learn. I mean, I really do think if I had some time, I would definitely want to learn Python properly, learn mm. Spark properly, um, you know, really get into uh, that side of things. Because, um, you know, I, the things I'm interested in are always slightly tangential to the things that I know. Mm. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I, I love Power Query. I love kind of self-service data uh, transformation. Um, so it kind of makes sense to get into the, you know, today's modern industrial strength data transformation. I mean, I, I don't, I've played around with Azure Data Factory. I you know, don't really know anything much about it. Um, I've never done anything with Spark, but if I had the time, it would be, it would be lovely to get into that side of things a bit yeah. more. Um, you know, it's so powerful and so interesting yeah and true. uh you know you always think well maybe sometime somehow if we can kind of weld the kind of user friendliness of of um, power bi and power query to the power of uh these kind of big data transformation tools something good could come you know, awesome. we're already going a little bit down that route with um you know, power integration in Azure Data Factory, which mm -hmm. was, I'll be honest, that the main reason that I decided to do anything much in Azure Data Factory. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's fair to say that it's not quite there yet, but you know, it's going yep. in the right direction. Baby steps, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, yes. good. I um, Python would be a, one of, that's that's a, a good one to be honest. I did a Python course about. 
two years ago and then didn't touch it since. So I've forgotten literally everything. And it's always the way, unless, unless you have a project in mind, unless you have a use case, it's just not going to happen because it was exactly. like on, it was on top of everything else. You know, obviously learning everything Power BI related, all the updates, all the new stuff. And then you go down a path. You don't, you don't choose the path, but something interests you and it leads you that way. Like now with all the, the Vega light type stuff, it's, it's really interesting, but yeah. it's always nice that, to have an idea. Be, but Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to spend time getting into that as well. Um, mm. You know, I always think it would be great to, to learn that then, you know, um, mm. That you know, get probably into Charticulator, but um, yeah. everybody on everybody on the cat team has got their own particular strengths, and um, yes. you know, I just don't have time to to get good at the things that I'm, you know, get better at, the, at those things when you know there are other people who who've got those skills, and uh, you know, we can call on them to to do something when we we need it. Yeah, um, that makes but sense. yeah, I mean, I, I kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, I I do agree. There are a lot of things I would love to learn, but I would never spend the time learning them unless I knew I was going to use them and therefore that it would actually stick. Um, because you're right, if you don't if you don't actually use it after you've learned it, then you know it just disappears equally quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember back back years ago when I was doing MDX training courses. Still, mm. um, I did a I did a training course in Germany. And I kind of walked in on the first day and there was somebody sitting there and I said, oh, sorry, I, I know you. Didn't you do my, didn't you do this MDX training course before? Mm -hmm. And um, this person said, yes, actually, it's the third time I'm coming on your course. Because, yeah, the first time I did it a couple of years ago, I really loved the course. But then, um, you know, I didn't use it in my job, so I forgot about it. Mm. Um, and then I had some more training budget, so I thought I'd come on the course again and really enjoyed it and then forgot about it. Um, and now I'm in a new job and it's been so long since I've done any MDX, I've forgotten it. So I thought I'd come on your course again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's what you want as a trainer. You want the same people coming back over <laughs> and over again to pay you money for the same course. It doesn't happen that often. <laughs> Easy money. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, I, um, and in my previous job, I, 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 there was a couple of people and they definitely took we did like a Power BI course. It was over like three days and the same person definitely did it at least three or four times. And um, yeah. also it's a smaller, smaller company. It was a big company, but we work in smaller groups. And I just knew this, this person and just didn't have the opportunity to actually shoot so many projects and working really deeply with Excel and just not to have an hour. I mean, for me, when I first started using Power BI, it was really a few hours a day because it became, it became like a strange obsession which kind of paid off, I suppose. Um, but really up until midnight and three o'clock in the morning, like every day, just like going at it, learn stuff. And uh, yeah, you, you, yeah, you need it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you, you just got to keep practicing even the stuff you do know, because you lose it if you don't use it. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't do as much of it, but again, kind of years and years ago, even before I was blogging, I did a lot of answering questions on news groups and things okay. and you know the a lot of the benefit of doing that is that you not only kind of learn stuff you didn't know it forces you to make sure you really learn the stuff you do know um you know mm -hmm. just endless practice of doing the same old thing over and over again yeah. it just gets ingrained on your brain and yeah. you know you you learn it so much better and i suppose that's how you get to being able to just sit down and write an mdx query without ever yeah. thinking about what the syntax is
Yeah, you, you, you can't underestimate repetition, really. It's just uh, drills it in your head. I literally, I, I just finished making a, um, a video about Deneb yesterday, and I swear to do what I was doing in the video, I just did the same thing like 10, 15 times, mm-hmm. making the same mistakes over and over again, and then correcting them and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, you know, yeah, it's the it same should... with them doing doing demos at conferences and things, you know, it's it's coming up to conference season, it's sequel bits coming up at, uh, you know, early March. Um, And this is this is the point where I'm beginning to panic because I haven't done enough preparation for it yet. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there's nothing that forces you to learn stuff better than knowing you're going to be on stage talking about it in front of a large crowd of people. And, you know, the Hmm. you know the the yeah the, the the kind of the worry of being exposed on stage really does focus your mind it's really interesting that you still think that because um obviously it's a person who hasn't hardly done any and uh, you know live demonstrations i do these live discussions actually probably the reasons i do these live discussions is because there's discussions and it's, there's a question i don't want to answer I'm like, just ignore it but i um tomorrow i'm doing um um uh, with reed uh, a live session, which of course I'm mm-hmm. terrified about naturally. Um, just to kind of that, that moment where you kind of make a mistake and you got to think on your feet and work out what the, the mistake is that you made. Um, it's quite, it is, it, it is, it is a nerve wracking thing, but interesting that someone like yourself, who, who I say has all that experience still, still has that anxiety. It makes me feel better about my anxiety, you know? <laughs> I think, I think as soon as you lose that anxiety, that's when you really screw up doing presentations. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, I've done so many presentations, I kind of had the anxiety, and then got complacent, and then screwed up, and Mm. then felt bad. And then the memory of having screwed up is enough to make you more anxious, or at least, I I don't think I ever get anxious, but I, a little bit of fear, like I said, is a great motivator to actually sit down and do the preparation work you need to do. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to pull up a a very... No, it's a specific question. Any thoughts on when an alternative result in a switch evaluates based on the complexity of the alternative? That's all for you, mate. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a good question. Um, I can't remember whether I'm not sure whether Marco and Alberto have got around to writing about this yet. But anyway, um, I think the problem the problem that's being uh, referred to here is that um, if you've got a DAX measure with a switch function inside it. Um, you've got you know, a whole bunch of conditions and a whole bunch of outputs for each condition. And you would think that there's like one possible branch that will be output. So that'll be the one that gets evaluated. Um, that's not true. Um, not always true. Uh, in a lot of cases, it's actually more efficient to evaluate every single branch mm. and then just return the bit that you need to return mm. um and yeah you know, when that happens nobody cares about every single branch being evaluated um in some cases though doing that is less efficient and um there have you know there there are there are were a lot of cases where um measures in particular that uses use switch statements you know things related to the, the kind of classic disconnected table pattern where you want to be able to switch um, measures used in a visual um, where it was clear that the more branches you added to your switch function, 
the slower everything got because every single branch of the switch state switch um, function was being evaluated. Um, we, we, I mean, I say we, we as in Microsoft, we, not me personally. Um, you know, Jeffrey Wang and his very clever team of developers um, did an optimization that uh, went into production uh, last year, sometime maybe midway last year, um, which captured a lot of the uh, kind of common cases where that was a problem and um, you know improved the performance. Uh, and you know testing that on some customer data sets, I could see cases where there were, you know, queries that went down from 30 seconds to three seconds because it was, it was the optimization was kicking in. Um, I thought Marco and Alberto might have blogged about this, but maybe okay. they, I'm not quite sure they did. Um, but I mean, it, it doesn't capture everything. There are still always, yeah, there, there are still cases that I've seen where it doesn't happen. This typically happens when you've got um, kind of several layers of nesting of measures. Um, and you do have to write your DAX in a particular way, um, mm. but the particular way is pretty much how you would, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time write it. Okay. Um, so, yes, it's uh, you know, it, it has been more of a problem in the past. It can still be a problem. Um, I would always say two things when you've got you know slow performance and you've got a measure with a switch in it. The first thing to do is if you're if you're curious about whether the switch statement is affecting performance, you capture your DAX query, um, paste it over into DAX Studio, uh, run it, see the, the kind of overall performance, um, and then take your measure, comment out all of the branches that you don't expect to be evaluated. So you should know the branch that does get evaluated. You mm -hmm. comment out all of the rest of the branches won't affect the output of the, you know, the the measure because these are the branches that aren't being returned. And then once you've commented out those branches, see what the impact on performance is. And if you see a big impact on performance, well, the switch statement's your, your problem. You might need to rewrite it or think about another approach. Um, the other thing to say about this is that, like I said, you tend to use the switch statement with the the disconnected table pattern, um, where you've got a table not linked to any other table in your data set, where you've got a list of rows, which represents a measure that you might want to select. And then you have a, a switch, a measure and a switch that says, if I've you know selected the row in this disconnected table, which is profit, then return the value of the profit measure. Um, that's something that you can also handle perhaps a bit more elegantly with a calculation group. And I know calculation groups need you know, tabular editor and blah, 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 blah. But calculation groups behave differently from a performance point of view and quite often perform better. Okay. Always better. You know, there's always Present. complications and pros and cons. Sure. So if you have got a switch which you think is performing badly, it's always worth trying to see whether a calculation group performs differently. Wow. That's a... Impressive answer, I've got to say. I'm I'm impressed when people get to the point where they're actually they write it and it works, and then they check performance. For me, if I write it, it works. I'm like, yeah, okay, done, finished. It works now. I'm, I'm moving on. If 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 it takes a, a minute, I might I might look at performance, but I'm like, yeah, it works. Can we move on to the next problem? <laughs> problem yeah. now? Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah, I'm never bothered about 
you know, a, a DAX query taking three seconds rather than two seconds. I mean, even three seconds, uh, but it, it's all right. You know, a DAX query that takes 30 seconds or a minute, I think that's something that needs a bit of attention. Yeah, that's true. That's when that's people true. start getting bored. Yeah. You got to click and then you got to count. And then, then it happens because then you'll do the standard thing. You'll click and nothing happens. Then you click somewhere else and then it all just goes to hell. What do you actually just have, before we move on to the next question from Javi here, what do you actually, what brings you most joy? What do you prefer? Can you rank MDX, M and DAX? Actually, I must admit, the original question that, that I wrote down, because I was writing down some silly questions, was kiss, marry, kill, MDX, M and DAX. Um, <laughs> but if you want, you can just rank them. I'm just curious. Uh, well, I, I don't do any MDX anymore. Um, it's no, been a long so. time since I've done anything. So we uh, kill MDX, you know, even, that's fine. Yeah, so uh, yes, put it down gently um, rather than kill it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I was going to, if I was going to be, you know, going to choose between DAX and M, I would always probably choose M. I, I love M. I think it's a, 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 you know, you can't always explain what you love, but um, I, it's not that I don't like DAX. I, you know, I do like DAX, yeah. um, but I I feel more passionate about M, definitely. Yeah. I was in a training once and um, we were talking about M and I mentioned that I love M and one of the other people in the training was like, how can you love M? I was like, I don't know. I just do. It's nice to write with and it pleases me. And also cleaning dirty data brings me great joy. So um, that's part of what we're doing there. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, another question before I was going on in my random strange questions about Kiss, Marry, Kill. Um, do, you think, uh, do you see new things yet to come on Excel integration in the Power BI roadmap? Or is it mostly immature? Well, I mean, looking into, <laughs> my, looking into my crystal ball, uh, yes, there are new things happening in the world of Excel Power BI integration and new things, you know, cool, lots of cool stuff happening in Excel anyway. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't say it's mature. Um, I can't comment about what may or may not be coming. Um, our plans change all the time anyway. So even the things that I have heard about may or may not happen, but I, I do think that there will be more coming in this case. And you know, think about what I can say. Um, one of the things that is our kind of, you know, a, a kind of guiding philosophy in Power BI is that we want to, we want to have BI for the masses. We want to reach as many people as possible. And a lot of the people we want to reach are people who build reports in Excel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Power BI has got a, a gigantic market share for a BI tool, but it's tiny compared to Excel because Excel is one of the most popular bits of software that has ever existed and has you know, stupendous, stupendous numbers of users. Um, now, if we're going to capture the self-service market, the easiest way of going about it is going to the people who currently use Excel and kind of luring them a little bit away to, to Power BI. And the way you do that is by having great Power BI Excel integration features. So you know, in terms of a, a kind of motivation for us to build this stuff, then yeah, that's a very big motivation mm -hmm. because there are just tons and tons of people that we could reach uh, in the world of Excel who could potentially be Power BI customers as well. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. But yes, it's always interesting when people talk about the, um, the use of Excel and the adoption of Power BI. There's always this thing about the, the, the cost, the expenditure, and... Um, it was the it was the concept that Excel was free, 
It's like, I have Excel suite. It's not free. You're just, you're just so used to paying for it that you don't even yeah. think of it as an expense anymore. It's just, it's like the, the standard thing that every business has. Like if a business operates and doesn't have Excel, then that business probably won't operate for very long. <laughs> yeah. Just there, no, you know? I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer that, yeah, that there's definitely a better together story for both of them. Hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff you can do in Power BI to, to kind of get over the, the, the kind of limitations of Excel. And, you hmm. know, um, there are a lot of things that Excel does better than Power BI. Hmm. Um, I mean, one of my kind of hobby horses is that, you know, if you want to explore data, um, you know, there's nothing better than a pivot tape. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff in Power BI, which you could kind of do pivot table type stuff with, hmm. But it's never quite as good as a pivot table. Um, yeah. And honestly, if you want to explore data, if you want a pivot table, use an Excel pivot table. Don't try and recreate it in a matrix visual in a Power BI report. I mean, a Power BI report is never going to be as interactive and you know uh, freeform as a, as a pivot table. So you know, just just use a pivot table. You can you can use a pivot table, and you know now it works all in Excel online. You can share it with other people. You can collaborate. It's you know it's incredibly powerful. But th this is the joy of opening a Power BI data set with an Excel, though, right? Because you open the Power BI data set in Excel and you have it there in a pivot table. It's a beautiful thing. Hmm. And then no exactly. one has to no one has to upset me and say, Ben, can I, can I export this report to Excel, please? I don't have to cry inside when I've spent months creating a report. Yeah, I mean, people. I, I, I mean, you you might be crying still because we, as we all know, people always want to export to Excel because that's the, the reflex action. Yeah. Um, and you know, however much I would love to lure people away to um you know to to the better better ways of doing things mm. uh, away from export to excel you know again we'll, we'll never we'll never win that battle there will yeah be, no, no there will always be people who want to export to excel unless someone centrally in microsoft literally just deletes excel from every single computer in the world then no that's 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 a, a you got to pick your battles right um, the MDX based Excel pebbles will never be as fast as a DAX based Power BI visual. Yeah, I mean, this is a, another interesting question. I think it, it's definitely true that pivot tables can be slower than the equivalent DAX. Um, I mean, we have, there was a another performance optimization that was it last year or the year before uh, called MDX Fusion, which did, um, which did kind of uh, Im improve the performance of um, MDX queries on Power BI. Mm. Uh, it is also, I mean, I think this this question has been uh, perhaps a little bit biased by Marco and Alberto's anti-MDX anti propaganda. Um, <laughs> there are definitely cases where um, MDX can be faster than DAX. Um, okay. For example, because MDX has proper caching for the result of calculations, which DAX does not have. Um, uh -huh. So, you know, if you've got really complex calculations, you run an MDX query once, it might be slow, but the second time, yeah, the results of all of those complex calculations can come back directly from the cache and it will be super fast. So, you know, it's, there are, again, kind of complications with how pivot tables generate their um, MDX, which, there could be some optimizations there, but mm. um, I, I think maybe the, the performance differences between MDX and DAX are a bit overstated. In most cases, any performance problems are more related to uh, the fact that a pivot table can 
return quite a large amount of data or you maybe you haven't kind of done your modeling properly or whatever. Mm. Fair enough. Makes sense. Just going to come back to this for a second. Mac users don't have Excel either. Mac users also don't have Power BI, do they? Or they run it in over some kind well, of... Well, yeah, Mac users don't have Power BI desktop. Um, I mean, That's Mac users good. do have, can do stuff with Excel because you know, nowadays, uh, as in the last couple of months, you can open up Excel online and create a connection from an Excel online workbook directly back to uh, Power BI. I think we've announced that. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that works internally inside oh. Microsoft that isn't rolled out, but I am pretty mm. sure Excel Online nowadays, uh, everybody's got the, the kind of um, okay. ability to build a new Power BI dataset connection from Excel Online. Um, it's been around for me for a while. Okay. Um, did I? I think there was a. I think there was even a blog post about it. Um, so yeah. So if you're an, if you're a Mac user who's got an Excel license, who wants to uh, use a pivot table against a Power BI dataset. No, you mm. can't do it from Excel on the Mac des desktop, but from a browser, you mm. can absolutely um, create a new pivot table, connect up to your Power BI dataset, start analyzing data. That's cool. I was reading a blog post saying that you'll shortly be able to open Power BI files directly from online, for example. I'm sure I saw this coming in June or something, this planned update that I currently have to download the PBIX and open it. And then shortly you'll be able to actually just open it directly from whatever OneDrive, SharePoint. Yeah, um, I think can, I, I can, can comment on that just yet. I, so. I, I, I see some reluctance in your eyes. I'm sure I read it on an open blog post. I'm sure it was yeah, there it's probably, I think you, 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 you'll have seen it on the um, release notes website. I love it when uh, I get to a no comment, by the way. It's really good fun when I see someone, ah, I can't, no. It's, we're getting some yeah. secret the stuff hardest right part now. Of, Yeah, the hardest part of my job is remembering what I can and can't say. Um, and exactly. I'm not even sure I know enough about this to, to be able to comment on it. But yeah. uh, it's definitely not something that I probably could talk about, oh, even that, if I did know. I would never want to make you feel uncomfortable, mate. So let's just move swiftly on. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I deal with this every day with customers. Oh, fair enough. So fair enough. Um, what's what's something that, that frustrates you that you that you can't do? Like it's something that you come in in a contact with on a, on a daily basis when you're working with your your M or something that you you fight feel restricted by, or are you at the point now where you just kind of like breeze through everything because you have this knowledge? It's like a restriction, and you wish there was some kind of feature that didn't exist within Power Query within within M. Uh, within Power Query, uh, what yeah. would I like? Um, it would be nice if there was an easy way to connect to uh, APIs without always, you know, without in most cases having to um, yeah, create a custom connector. Yes, but thank you. The, the restriction on custom connectors exists because um, you know authentication is difficult and everybody, you know, people say, oh, it's a worth two, but there are just so many different variations with how actually that works. Um, there's no way we could have something that kind of hmm. works universally for, for every single uh, API. I really like the answer because I work with APIs a lot and I put a lot of time and effort into working out how to do it, how to use authorization. And I was always curious as to why this, in my opinion, I could be wrong. No great 
documentation as to how to connect or why there's no good connector. But what you just said makes sense because there are so many different ways of doing it. But there yeah. are there are more standardized ways. I mean, there are there are plenty of APIs that you hit where you've got to pass your username and you've got to pass your password within the header. It would be great if that was supported because I always have to do that on my own and it seems unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that's when you've got to start writing some code to do it, um, mm. which is, yeah, I, I agree. Mm. It, it could be better. Um, I mean, I suppose the problem is in the grand scheme of things, there are other fish to fry and um, not many people uh, need to connect to APIs. It, mm. It's kind of only when you get to the, the more power user type level. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, mm. it's, it can be a bit frustrating. On the I flip mean, side, I, sorry, please. I, well, I mean, one last story about this. I remember doing... Um, conference presentation at, uh, oh, not the past summit. I think it was like the business application summit. And um, I did a presentation on APIs and things. Mm. And there was like one guy in the audience who was like visibly getting really, really angry about this particular limitation. <laughs> and then as the, the presentation went on, I realized that it was this guy called uh, Daniel Fleistra, Filstra or something. It was mm. basically the guy who invented the spreadsheet um, he's also the guy whose picture you see in lots of memes online. Um, What's and I won't name? say why, but he's a very distinctive looking person, which is how I recognized him because it was that guy from the meme and, uh, and things. Um, and yeah, he came up afterwards and told me how rubbish Power Query was because it couldn't oh. handle um, APIs, uh, which was a bit stinging coming from somebody who was like the inventor of the spreadsheet. That's that's heavy. He's so what, now he's now the guy who um, I think he still owns the the company that makes Solver the Excel Solver out there. Um, but to be honest, he had a point, and that, you know that, that's what we're discussing now. Uh, Daniel Filstra, Fleister, I can't remember. Ah, uh, Filstra, okay. Yes, yeah. um, and if you see you googling for it now, you see his picture. Yeah, yeah, you know his pet, you know his face, don't you? Or his um, yeah, his look. Yeah, yeah, but, I get it. Know, verified, certified genius. Um, you know, software industry legend, and yeah, he was equally unimpressed. Impressive, impressive. Um, I I have opinions on this subject because I work with APIs a lot, right? So it tends to be what the what I do is we have an external data provider, and we'll I connect to the 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 the, the API. And but there is a flip side that yes, it's frustrating that there is this limitation that you have to do a lot on your own. But on the other side of that is that there's this feeling of immense satisfaction when, and how I say I defeat the API, which means I, you know, I get the data and I can extract everything I want from it. And it's all, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. So if it was easy, I would be deprived of this feeling of awesomeness. So maybe I shouldn't yes. uh, complain too much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great, actually, this is one, going back to what you said before about, about Python, this is actually one of the reasons, I mean, that would be great for Python because what normally happens is I'll do a power query and I'll create a process. And then when we come to the data warehousing process, I hand it over to an engineer who does it with Python. It'd be nice to kind of take it um, to the next stage too. Um, but yes, it's just, it, it's one of the, one of those things. Yeah. It, and, it, you know, I, 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 maybe the last thing to say here is that there are wonderful things in the works for, for power query this year. Excellent. Which again, I can't comment on. But, no, um, I would never you know, expect stay it. Stay tuned for for amazing news in the world of Power Query. If if I ask one question, maybe I can see if I get it. Does it involve M IntelliSense being updated? 
No. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I hope I hope we do that actually. Um, because yes, that, that annoys the hell out of me as well. Yeah. Um I I am constantly just getting the same uh, yeah, the, the same function name repeated twice because I Yeah. I, it I it would make it. more sense if actually you change the entire M language so instead of instead of text contains it would be text text contains text contains yeah that would just exactly. you know make it uh, recognize bo bo both versions okay fair enough so I can I can get over M and tell as I as I, long as I know it's not coming my expectations are lowered therefore I won't be upset when well it's, not, it, uh, it's been a while since I've asked so maybe maybe somebody's going to fix it as part of the, the the kind of new exciting work that's taking place fair enough so. I look, I look forward to everything that happens within, within Power Query. It's an interesting thing. Um, the, the Power Query that you have, well, Power Query is Power Query, um, which is confusing, by the way, because if you use Power BI, I don't think it's ever actually called Power Query. It's referred to as the data editor no? or transform the transform data window. Um, no, I think it's, I think, I think it is the Power Query Editor. I think is I have Power, Power, Power BI okay. desktop open. If I yeah. click on transform data, I am sure, yep, at the very top of the screen, you will see it says Power Query Editor. Okay, I stand corrected. Because um, I always just say open Power Query. And then the question is, where's Power Query? And I go, okay, you've got to go to transform data and that open, opens Power Query. Is, are, are the... I know they're pretty much identical in terms of functionality. Is there anything that you can do in the Power BI that you can't do in the, in the Excel, or is the it, functionality completely identical? Um, there are different connectors. Um, okay. So the connectors vary depending on the addition of Excel you've got, and there are a bunch of connectors that are not available in Excel and only available in Power BI. Uh -huh. Excel doesn't support custom connectors either. Um, did not know that. thinking in the other way uh yeah. there is that uh there is a button in excel power query that doesn't exist in power bi uh because that's the button that allows you to generate uh an output as a, an excel data type so if you wanted yeah. to spit kind of excel data types out of um power query mm. there's a button for that in the power query editor in excel which Obviously, wouldn't make sense in um, Power Query and Power BI. Fair enough, sir. That's cool. I thought I, had, I thought I'd you know I'd take this opportunity to ask that question because every time I mention it in the trainings that I give at work, I'm also they're they're identical. I'm pretty sure they're identical. There must be some differences. So I thought I'd just clarify that point now. Before, before they're before. near enough, I did. Yeah. Uh, Other yeah, how, how they look as well. I think the feel of the Excel version looks a bit a little, little bit more old school sometimes. Um, but yes. Yeah, but actually, the un, unlike the situation with Power Pivot. Um, I believe the Excel, the engine inside Excel does get updated on a pretty regular basis and uh, is, I think, pretty much at the same level as the the engine that you get inside Power BI. Of course, it depends on how often your Excel updates. Um, yeah. If it's, if it's me, it's not often enough because I am. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. Thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, also going back to Mac users, um, you know, Power Query on the Mac is being delivered in small increments. Okay. So you know, even if you don't get your Power BI, get your Power Query in Excel on the Mac. And uh, oh. you know, who well, who knows where else Power Query is going to pop up? I think um, I think actually it's been publicly discussed somewhere, but there is a long-term plan to have Power Query and Excel online as well. Uh, I think one of the PMs oh. has mentioned that publicly before. That'd be cool. Um, and yeah, you, again, I think if you have a look in Excel online at a 
workbook with a Power Query query in it, um, you can actually see, you can pop out the pane and see the list of Power Query queries in your workbook in Excel Online. Um, you can't refresh them yet, uh, not even the version of Excel Online I've got works. Uh, but every every month I go to Excel Online, I open a workbook with a Power Query query, and I wonder whether this is going to be the month when uh, I can finally refresh it. It's there as like a teaser, right? Yes, exactly. I like it very much. That's very cool. Oh, interesting. I was thinking about my updates. I realized yesterday that I haven't actually updated my um, server management studio for until since about 2019. I just kept, because I don't open it very often, I opened it and I was like, okay, so finally, I'll open this 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 one time. And I'll update it this one time. So I opened it before I did before I did some work. It's not it's not the area that I work in quite often. It's more Power BI, that kind of stuff. And then I opened it and it was like, okay, updates, updates, updates. So yes, updating stuff to more. more it's a good idea to update it. Um, it if you've got an older version, uh, there was some performance improvements. So I think midway through last year, it was getting to the point where it would take a, about a minute to connect, uh, well, Profiler up to a premium workspace through the XMLA endpoint. And they did some updates there. And now it's pretty much it's a lot, lot faster. Always update us for all about. Let's take a question up. Any idea when the dynamic M parameters would be available to use with SQL Server? There you go. Very soon. Uh -huh. Very soon indeed. Well, it's a well-timed question, isn't it? Yes. Very soon indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting weeks on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I mean, it, again, it's something uh, that we've promised. And um, yeah, I mean, it's I it's one of those obscure bits of functionality that I really like. Mm. Um, but you know, I do a lot of work with with customers who do direct query on on kind of large data sources, and mm. um, you know, to to get the best possible performance, sometimes you need that precision that dynamic and parameters give you. Um, mm. They give you a lot of control over you know, how you're injecting values directly into, you know, into, into your SQL queries. So yeah, I am super cool. excited for that to be released. And when it does, I, there will be a, I'll, I'll do another blog post. I've got another blog post nice. planned on it. I was just, just on the, thinking about connectors and all things connection. Um, I rarely look at the connectors within Power BI because, you know, it tends to be that when you, do your job when you do your work you use the same ones like either empty when you're going to connect to an api so you can write your own uh SQL, all that kind of stuff i very rarely actually scroll through them all and look through them all there are so <laughs> there are so many i think i've worked with power bi since the end of 2016 and i've probably used like one percent of them it's crazy yes I mean, but Everybody uses a different one percent. Of, of so. course, yeah, for sure. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying there shouldn't be that. Absolutely, yeah, I just yeah, find yeah, it no, really. No, I know, I know. I mean, yeah. one of the good things about my job is that because I work with so many different customers, you get to see all of those customers, all the different you know, data sources. Must be so interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely. Well, I remember looking at it and thinking, I was like, "What's this picture of a monkey? What is that about?" And it was like Mailchimp or something. I'm googling. What is Mailchimp? Um, oh, I used to use Mailchimp um, yeah? to send out news uh, to advertising newsletters and things like that. Yeah, it's quite a, it's a good tool. 
Google yeah, I, I just, um, once I Googled it, I said, okay, so that, that's what it's for. But it's actually interesting dis yeah. discovering See, it, data it, it's sources. It's what you need. You know, if you want to build up your, um, you know, your, your social media profile and everything, you need to have a mailing list. So mail, MailChimp would be good for that. should really, really start to sell myself a bit more, right? Yeah. I, I, be I, like I Mark and Alberto with their, their kind of weekly newsletter. Yeah. probably true. done with something like MailChimp. Most likely, and and also AI as well. Probably, so you, you have your your AI um, newsletters. I've seen these days. My God, I'm not good at marketing. I will never be good at marketing. Selling myself is the thing that I'll always be extraordinarily poor. I just plod along at my own pace and see and see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's always good for. And then maybe maybe that, that that could be a cool project actually regarding connectors. Maybe like once a week, try a new connector and see what it does, and then see what you can produce and see where you can source data from. Yeah, the problem is is like getting the the source up and running and understanding how to install it or or whatever, or paying for the service. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, which you probably don't want to do. All right, um, that's been like forty five minutes. There's been loads of great questions. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not saying we we must stop there, but it feels like you know it's when it's a nice place to stop, we can call it a day. It's been really interesting to to hear your very thorough answers. Um, especially when it comes to the DAX and the M part, because sometimes I'm listening, I'm trying my best to learn. I was like, yeah, like 70% of this answer is going over my head, but someone's getting something out of it, which is very good. And I'm learning as, as they learn, and it's always much appreciated. Thank you for taking the time. It's been a pleasure being here. It's always lovely to chat. The time has flown by. It, it, it always does, mate. And this is all a new time of the day for me. I'm actually normally, when I start these, I'm normally a little bit worried because usually it's like nine o'clock in the evening. And my kids go to bed around about eight o'clock and I have to sit on the bed with my son and my daughter. And quite often what I'll do is I'll set the alarm on my phone because if I'm reading them a book, I will fall asleep as they fall asleep. So I then have to like set my alarm and I wake up at 20 minutes before the track. I my stuff all set up, but this time it was a little bit different. I feel a bit more awake, a bit more alive, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you um, for, for, the, for the interesting time of day as well. Been really good fun. And everyone for asking all the questions. Yeah, Much appreciated as ever. Thanks for joining. Thanks for the interesting questions. And I think next week I'm back at the usual time, um, I think. But I can't confirm that. So I'll, so I'll post about it on Twitter instead. But um, thanks, everyone. Uh, take care and see you all next Thursday.